Let's go to personal finance expert Mary Holm, who joins us now. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jesse. Welcome uh, back. Thank you. Thank you. I missed you. And um, I <laughs> do love our chats. Um, sometimes you'll pick a topic. Sometimes you'll respond to a letter that someone sent you, and people can always email Mary via me, jesse at rnz.co.nz. And that's what you're doing this week because you've got a, a quite a um, decent size letter from a Christchurch listener raising a number of issues, Mary. Shall I read the first part of it for you? Yeah, that'd be good, yes. Jesse, when you have Mary Holm on, would you mind asking her, please, about whether it's a reasonable idea to suspend KiwiSaver payments when it's going down like it is now? the balance, that is. I think people tend to forget that not only are they making negative interest on their investments, they're also throwing away all the money that you have contributed into the scheme since Christmas. I have suspended mine as I see no point, and I intend to resume payments when there is consistent movement upwards. Well, have I got that all wrong? Mary, over to you. you. Look, I'm afraid you have got it all wrong, Christchurch listener. Um, <laughs> um, uh, look, if you're, if if you want to put money sometimes into KiwiSaver and sometimes not put it in, then the time to put it in is actually now, rather than when the markets are doing really well. And that's because when you put your money into KiwiSaver, you're buying units in the trust and in, in the in the fund, and if the markets are down as they are at the moment, those units are worth less. And therefore, you're, let's say you were putting $100 in and the units are worth $10, $10 each, you'll get 10 units. Whereas if the markets were roaring away, this is a very oversimplified example, but if yeah. the markets were doing really well, the units might be worth $20 each and your $100 would only get you five of them. Whereas when they're worth $10, you're getting 10 of them. In other words, you're buying bargains at the moment. You're getting more for your money. It's like buying tomatoes when in high season when they're cheap, you get more. You know? mm. So, so if, if anything, it's actually better to be putting money into KiwiSaver at the moment than it was when the markets were, were growing fast a while back. Um, having said that, the the by far by far the best thing to do is just to keep putting in a regular amount regardless of what the markets are doing. Um, for many people in KiwiSaver that happens anyway. They've got three percent of their pay um, going regularly, or sometimes a higher percentage of their pay going into their KiwiSaver account, and they're not you know taking any notice of what's happening in the markets. And that's actually the smart thing to do ignore what's happening in the markets. And, and then there are other people, if, if you're wise and you're not an employee, it's a good idea to be putting a regular amount and perhaps transferred out of your bank account. Like if you, if you put in um, $87 a month, that'll get you the right amount into KiwiSaver per year to get the maximum government contribution out of it. So for everybody in whatever situation they're in, it's really a good idea to just keep steadily putting money in. And so our friend, uh, our listener friend, I would suggest he resumes his contributions straight away. And, you know, when he says he's throwing, he says 
if people are putting money in now, they're throwing away all the money they you have contributed in the scheme since Christmas. That's just not true. Um, yeah, look, your balance might have gone down since Christmas, but what you've bought is still there and it will grow over time if you just leave it and, and let, you know, keep putting more money in and it'll grow over time. It always does over over the long run. Yeah, the and there's something something kind of missing here, I think, which is that the listener is assuming we're on this downward um, trail and, and it will keep going, that we're midway through this, this downward sort of turn, which yes. would make sense if that was uh, correct. You wouldn't want to buy units that you knew were going to keep going down. That would be throwing money away, wouldn't it? If they were going down forever, yeah. 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 That's just sort of an impossible scenario. And in fact, he is is suggesting um, that when he says it's best to keep contributing always, how will you know? Oh, sorry. He says, um, I intend to to resume payments when there is a consistent movement upwards. Yeah. Now, that's a real trap people get into. They say, I'm going to wait until, you know, the market's turned on, it's going back up. And then what happens is that it goes up for a little while and people say, oh, I want it to go up for a little bit longer before I put my money back in. And then it dips down again. And you think, oh, is it heading back down <laughs> for, for depths or is it just a little blip on the way to going back up again? And and what what nearly always happens in these situations is people wait on the sidelines way too long because the market won't turn around and then just zoom back up without going, you know, it goes up and down all the time. Um, and when, by the time... When it does, sorry to interrupt, when it does yeah. go up, you will have been better to buy as many units as possible at the lowest price. That's right. You, you, you should be looking back and saying, wow, that's fantastic that I bought a whole lot when my dollar went further, when when the markets were down. It, and nobody, not even the top experts, can pick when the market's turned. It's only later on. It's only when you look back and you say, oh, gosh, some, you know, six months ago, the market clearly turned around and it's coming back up again. So for anybody, even a professional, to try and pick when the market is turning around and getting better is it's just a fool's game i mean the and the other important point about all of this is it's just far easier if you just keep putting your regular contributions in and don't even look at what the markets are doing day by day and week by week movements mean nothing over you know you want to be looking at year by year movements and they will pretty much always be upwards it's very rare for a market to go down for more than a year and, but it will turn around and go back up again. So everybody just keep putting your money in and have faith. It'll come right. We actually got another letter on this topic, Mary. Um, yes. One yeah. of Mary's sessions on KiwiSaver when she explained the role of default funds has left me with a nagging question. She explained that some default funds had been dropped and I was most interested to discover that my provider happens to be one of those. And I've been researching other possibilities, but I'm very unsure about the wisdom of changing providers at a time when fund values are down. Mary's always emphasised the importance of holding your nerve and not switching funds within the same provider when values drop. I'd be most interested to hear whether she thinks the same applies to switching providers. Is there an optimum time to switch providers? Should anyone considering changing providers wait until funds have made up lost ground before making a move? It's a good question, eh? 
Yes, it is, and it's sort of related to the other one. And um, yeah, the 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 first point to make is, I think she's wise to this listener to consider changing provider, given that her provider was a default fund provider and has been dropped. The the main reason why the the government changed default providers back in December it was it took effect was because the the um the new ones charged lower fees and the the government um agrees well they are giving the same message as i've given forever which is to go for the, with the low fee providers um so if you were you are with a provider who was dropped uh it's probably largely because their fees aren't all that low. There, there were some other factors in there as well, but you know, it, it certainly would give me pause if I was with a provider that, that had been dropped as a default provider. So she's been looking around at and considering moving. Um, and I would just stop there and say, if you're looking at moving, the main thing I would look at is fees. So if you're in a conservative fund, you want to move to another conservative fund, or if you're in a growth fund, you want to move to another growth fund, go for a, a fund in that category that's got low fees. And you can find that out on the KiwiSaver Fund Finder on the sorted website. So it's also a good idea to look at the different services. The, the, the providers are ranked by how many services they offer to their members. And you know, you might think that doesn't matter much, but then you might find that at, at some point you you are wanting them to do something for you that some will do and others won't do. So the, the one not to look at is, or not to look at very closely is returns. So on the KiwiSaver Fund Finder tool, you could, the, the funds are ranked by fees, services, and returns. And most people go straight to returns. They say, I'm going to go with the provider that pays, you know, the growth fund or the balanced fund or whatever that pays the, the highest returns. Now, if we knew which one's going to pay the highest returns in future, you absolutely would go with those ones. But the thing is, all we know is what returns they've got in the past. And that's what they're ranked by on, on the fund finder tool. And there's so much research that shows that the ones that did well in the past if anything, are perhaps a little less likely than average to do well in the future. Um, so while I look at returns to the extent that if, if there's a fund there that's had really bad returns, you know, year after year, I wouldn't, I'd give that one a miss. But beyond that, don't go with the ones that have got particularly good returns in the past. That's not, there's, it honestly is not a basis for choosing them in the future, regardless of what they will tell you. You go, go for the ones that charge low fees. Okay. So having said all of that, when is the time to switch providers? Um, Any time is the answer to that. It doesn't matter what's going on in the markets. As long as you're switching from one conservative fund to another conservative fund or one balanced fund to another balanced fund, the it, they generally, broadly speaking, all the balanced funds will have done not that well lately, and all the growth funds will have done quite badly lately. Um, so you're just moving from one of a kind to another of a kind, and it doesn't make any difference, you know, what's been going on in the markets in the meantime. Um, does that make sense? 
It does. Um, and back to letter number one, am I right in thinking that if inflation is 7%, the tax rate is 33%, you'd have to be making at least 10.3% on your investments in order to stand still? That's a depressing thought. Um, yes. They say that's a far yeah. cry from the negative 3% interest I'm getting presently in my ANZ investment fund. Yes, yes. So that's a, a, a second point made by, by our first listener. And he's saying, because inflation's up near 7% at the moment, and we don't know, it could go even higher. It's amazing. Um, and by the time you look at your the tax you're paying on it, you've got to earn even more than 7% because that that return will be taxed in, in a um, in a bank account. The tax is, is lower in a KiwiSaver fund, but if you're talking about it in a bank account, um, you, you're going to be taxed on the interest you're earning. And so, yes, really, at the moment, um, interest rates are below inflation. And so it, what it's, the message I, that comes out of that is that you really need to, if you want to keep ahead of inflation, move to higher risk investments rather than bank accounts. Um, having said that, if it's, if it's money you're planning to spend fairly soon, like in the next year or two, I would just leave it in a bank account, term, term deposits, say, in a bank account, um, or in a KiwiSaver cash fund, which is a very low risk funds that some of the providers offer, lower risk than conservative. Um, they, the, th the thing is that um, you'll, if, you, if you go into a higher risk fund, there's too big a chance that the money will, will drop right before you spend it. So if it's money you're going to be spending in the short term, you've got to put up with just what's going on at the banks at the moment. But having said that, the bank term deposit rates are rising um, with inflation. And, you know, it might not be that long before we get back to where we've been in recent years, which is where the bank interest rates are actually higher than inflation. So although after, after you've paid tax on your returns, you know, you're, you're still hard pressed to keep ahead of inflation. Um, so I feel like I'm giving rather confusing messages here, but if it's long-term money in these higher inflation times, you, the, the listener is correct that you have to um, take risk and put your money in, say, a growth fund or a, a diversified portfolio of shares to get ahead of inflation. It's, it's, it's a funny situation where it's kind of risky to stay in a bank in a way because you're losing ground versus inflation. Whereas if, if you're going to a, into a fund that holds a lot of shares, you're taking risk in a different way and the, the fund balance will go up and down and sometimes quite a lot down. But in the long run, It'll, you'll get ahead of inflation. We always, those higher risk funds always have, and shares themselves always have done better than inflation in the long run. Um, we've got a couple of minutes, Mary. Would you like to have a, a little bite at this final point of our letter writer? Um, I think not, and, and because it's actually quite a complicated point. Sure. His third point was about how he wished he'd bought a rental property. And I was thinking, Jesse, maybe we should invite other readers to send questions in about, you know, rental properties as investments, whether they're good or bad investments. Great. And perhaps we could address, you know, two or three questions about it next time. Try and make your letters quite short, everybody, because you've got a better chance of, 
of getting on the show at short and sharp is good but we could because it is a, an interesting topic I mean rental property has done really well in recent years but for quite a few reasons it's not looking as good as it was so so let's have a look at that one next time yeah I'd love to do that thank you Mary great to have you on the show and thank you very it's much for your uh, for your comments